Bitcoin. Good morning, everybody. My name is Ansel Lindner. This is Pal Bitcoin for June 24th, 2017. All right, I have my coffee. I have some statistics for you, some news updates. We're going to get into uh, SegWit 2X versus vanilla SegWit versus user-activated software. We're also going to touch on the GDAX drama, the Ethereum ICO drama. Uh, but that before that, let's get into like the regular prices here. Bitstamp is sitting at 2711 quarterly futures at 3046 and this is the big developing story here for me um, the the premium on the the three month quarterly contract is over three hundred dollars three hundred and twenty three hundred and thirty dollars now that is incredibly high and i've mentioned that on my last uh pow bitcoin update uh, a lot of people well a couple people asked me like hey how come it's not July 1st, but we're talking about a new quarterly contract that goes out to October 1st? Well, the way that these contracts work is that um, when, we, when we get within two weeks of the end of the quarter, that quarterly contract becomes the two-week contract. And then when we get within a week of the end of the quarter, that two-week contract becomes the one-week contract. Um, and as soon as that quarterly contract rolls into the two-week we get a new quarterly contract. So um, right now we are on the October, you know, the, the third quarter contract. And that is, there's a lot of drama that's going to happen in the next three months. I mean, this is the SegWit drama that's going to play out. Um, and the higher this premium is, the more likely SegWit is, in my opinion, and probably the less likely the hard fork is. <clears throat> because the hard fork is not going to happen at this point. That's my opinion, but I'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit later. So the premium is a pretty big story that I haven't really heard many people talking about. Um, all right, let's look at my notes here. Uh, I expect the price to break up. We are in a major consolidation. That's going to be a theme for today is we're consolidating. This is the best consolidation we've had in a month or probably three months. This consolidation right here, I really like it. I think that's very good for support of the price. Um, we're approaching the end of this triangle. And like I've said, I expect everything to break up. Um, watch out for fake outs. I think uh, it tried to fake us out down here about 12 hours ago. Um, and then now it's come back up and it's probably going to break up. This is not financial advice, though. You know, do your own research. There's better analysts out there than I am. Um, so watch, watch them. I'm just kind of looking at this from a fundamentals perspective, like I said. Okay, network volume over the last 24 hours at uh, $555 million transacted on the Bitcoin blockchain. This is in consolidation mode. Everything is in consolidation mode right now. It's following a heartbeat. If you look at this volume number, you go to blockchain.info and look at that. Um, it, there's definitely a heartbeat that's been for basically ever in Bitcoin. During the week, there's more volume. And then the weekends, it trails off. Um, we're in this weekend trail-off period right now. I'm, I'm not concerned about it. It's within the previous structure, you know, of volume here. And uh, it's it's just consolidating. There's not much more to say than that. Okay, mempool size at 11 megabytes. Just two weeks ago, we were at 100 under a major spam attack. Fees are low. Transactions are going through quickly. Um, 
this is this is really good Bitcoin. This is what Bitcoin would be like right now without these spam attacks, without this propaganda. I mean, spam and mempool size is something that you can affect to push a narrative. And now that everyone signed on to this Segwit2x, the narrative has been pushed and they're pulling back on this. Look, uh, when the hard fork side of the Segwit2x comes into play, I think we'll see this this move up again. Now, um, you know, they they have they start spamming the network. The mempool gets up to 50, 60, 70 megabytes, and they'll say, look, transactions, fees are so high, transactions can't go through. We need to increase the block size. That's so easy. Just change one number. Jimmy Song, on one of the last episodes that he was on of the World Crypto Network, he was like, it's so easy. Just change a number. No. Okay. Look at all this, this problem they've had with the 2x code. They changed the block weight. They changed a bunch of different variables. Um, and then they still missed one because they still have to change the maximum message size from four to eight megabytes as well. So, uh, you know, it's not that easy. And how do these interact with each other? I, I started like cussing because it's so what if they have 80% of the hash rate? These businesses aren't going to end up supporting it. Miners might not even end up supporting it. Bitmain has said that they're going to pull out if the user activated software comes into play. That's the main player here that they are trying to get to signal for SegWit. So we don't know. Like if Bitmain backs out, don't all the businesses back out too? Um, are these businesses, when push comes to shove, are they going to want to run code that's buggy? They, I mean, their get-out clause is just simply saying, guys, I really wanted to do this, but we can't risk running your code. I'm sorry. It's not at the level that we need it at. That's an easy, easy get-out clause for them. Um, you know, is Bitmain going to backstop all these companies if they go bust, if something happens to them? Look at the BU network, crashes nodes off the network all the time. So um, that is, it's not so easy as saying, oh, we have fucking consensus now. So, okay, difficulty is, again, consolidating. Um, it's expected to go down by half a percent in seven days. This difficulty adjustment period is going to become more talked about here, and it's good to understand how it works. Um, every 2016 blocks, the network reassesses and adjusts the difficulty, goes up or down. And the way, the, the way SegWit is going to be locked in, both on the 2X and the user activated soft fork and vanilla SegWit, everything uses the same thing. Um, you need 95% signaling for two weeks or for a adjustment period of 2016 blocks. Then it, it says, okay, it's locked in. Now we're going to give you a, uh, another 2016 block grace period. And then you have SegWit. So it's about two complete adjustments and how those two adjustments line up with these timelines like does august 1st land towards the beginning towards the end um, right in the middle of this period uh, how is that going to affect it um, but you know that that's going to be more in in the debate here in the um, in the news okay so segwit 2x signaling um, i want to talk about that here also well, i did just talk about the difficulty adjustment period um, Segwit2x uses the same mechanism, I guess, as the user activated soft fork. So the user activated soft fork says, at this date, we will not relay your blocks if they're not signaling for Segwit. Uh, 
the SegWit 2X uses the same thing, but with a qualifier up front. They say, if we get 80% of miners signaling, then we will start um, not relaying your blocks if you don't have SegWit. It's the same thing just with the qualifier up front. We have had a new mining pool just recently start signaling for vanilla SegWit BW pool. Just a couple hours ago, they started signaling for it. We're approaching 50% for vanilla SegWit out there. You know, once we get up to 51%, I mean, then user activated software is no longer the, the little kid on the block. It's actual has major, major weight behind it. And maybe another pool in, in a couple days will start signaling vanilla SegWit. And it's just going to be like 60%. I mean, at that point, this is a major issue that needs to be solved right now before August 1st. And as these, these difficulty periods kind of stack up on each other or start running out, before August 1st, I mean, this is going to become mission critical uh, very, very quickly. Before July 1st, it's going to be mission critical. Okay, so the last thing I wanted to talk about was this GDAC situation in Ethereum. So everybody probably knows what happened here. There was a margin cascade where someone fat-fingered or intentionally had a big sell. It sold it down to like $200, and then all of these stop losses kicked in, and the price went dropped down to 10 cents i've been a big critic of ethereum all the way back you know when it was a dollar and i said that this isn't going to scale this isn't going to work smart contracts right now are not viable um etc etc um, of course it pumped and but i still don't think i was wrong i don't see how this has like all this value it should be worth a dollar or less um but somehow it gets people to pump in. I mean, there's great marketing behind it. They have all these big names behind Ethereum. So, um, you know, the marketing team has sold it up. But there's no production code. It's not being used except for these ICOs, which aren't being used themselves. And there's some ICOs that have launched that, like, support more ICOs. That's their gig, too. So Ethereum supports ICOs, and this ICO on top of Ethereum supports ICOs. I mean, it's just a big-ass fucking house of cards waiting to crash. And this GDAX margin cascade is a great example of that. I think it's Coinbase's fault. A lot of people don't. Um, I think they had subpar code, uh, and they didn't do a good job of like limiting sell orders compared to the size of the book, um, et cetera, et cetera. They apparently are going to make people whole on this, and I think that's a good thing. They want to be worth a billion dollars. <laughs> They're raising money to be worth a billion dollars, um, and they better make their people whole <laughs> if they want that to have any uh, chance of happening. Um, bottom line, though, is Ethereum right now can't scale. They can only scale to like one ICO a day, and those ICOs aren't even doing anything on the blockchain anyway. If, if one ICO starts using the blockchain, then, you know, you go down to like one ICO a week, maybe. Uh, it's just, it just can't scale, period. And it's not as easy to scale as Bitcoin. Because these are fundamental, like ideological fundamental limitations that are going on here with, with Ethereum. Where Bitcoin is like political, it can scale, technically it can scale, but it's politically not viable right now but if it was very very desperate situation bitcoin would scale very easily 
With Ethereum, it's much harder because it's a fundamental thing. It's built into them. It's built into Ethereum. Uh, also, if you're ICO and you just raised $100 million worth of Ethereum and you see the price trending down, you're going to try to lock in your value by selling. And then other ICOs will see that and they'll start selling. And on and on and on. That's that's going to be the real flood out of Ethereum. And that will go into Bitcoin, it will go into Litecoin, it will go into US dollars. But Ethereum, for the most part, I think very shortly within the next few months is going to start a major major bear trend bitcoin that's all for today guys thanks for listening my name is ansel lindner this is pow bitcoin if you'd like to support the show you can go to patreon.com forward slash bitcoin and markets for a dollar a month you know you can support the show this show is supported by listeners like you so thank you everybody that does uh support and see you guys next time